Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Perfectly Preserved Written by Daniel Wilcox Narrated by Justin Fife Keelan looked down at his former colleague A slender woman with a delicate unibrow Neatly swaddled in several blankets they had donated When she had fallen with the sickness now lying lifeless with a thick stream of bile from the corner of her mouth. Her eyes were still that bright blue quality that always reminded Keelan of huskies and summer skies, but now they just stared into a void beyond what any reason might glean. What do we do now? Keelan asked his superior Michael, an older gent with burly arms and a thick-set frown on his forehead and enough facial hair to keep two men warm through the harsh winter of the North American tundra. We have to tell base. Michael shook his head, a thousand thoughts running through the hollows of his skull, a thousand emotions. Though they had never explicitly made it public, Keelan knew that Michael and Bree were intimate. Then in the middle of the long, dark nights, she'd sneak into his bedroom, and they would dance the dance that animals do, doing their best to keep their grunts silent and failing miserably. In the heat of it all. God only knew how he was feeling now. No, we're not reporting this, Michael said at last, his voice shaking. What? Of course we are, Mike. This is huge. If we don't warn base, then we could have an epidemic on our hands. There's no telling how far this could spread if we don't contain it now. If we don't border it off and make sure that it's controlled, managed. And what do you think base will do when they find out that we've been exposed? Michael barked his face growing rhubarb red, tears dancing in his eyes without falling. Do you think they'll arrive with a paddy wagon and bring us back in? 
Give us a bath, a shave, a wipe down, and let us carry on our way? No. We're part of this now. If we tell base, we're stuck here. If we don't, we'll die, Keelan said. He felt his face burn hot as the words exploded from his mouth. Michael looked at him in disbelief. We've been exposed. We're probably infected, too. Give it a few hours, and we'll all be lying next to each other, waiting for the snow to take us and preserve our carcasses. Frozen mahjong tiles and a bed of fucking white. The irony hadn't escaped him on that one. The damn fossil was still standing at the far corner of the large tent which they had all shared. Anatosaurus, the most perfectly preserved specimen of the creature the world would ever see. Chipped and removed from the blocks of frozen ice across the North American tundra, the fossil was a sight to behold, with most of the skeleton intact. Spikes and nodules were still attached to its body, its mouth frozen open, in horror from presumably finding itself fallen into the icy seas eons ago. So perfectly together that there were still large strips of skin left, untouched by the hands of time, a marvel and a beauty, holding a horrific secret. It had been just 12 hours ago, as Bree had worked on the cleanup of the fossil, removing any lumps of dirt and debris that had found itself attached to the skin, that she first noticed something was wrong. Huh, she mumbled, deftly tapping on the end of the chisel to remove a thick and blackened lump of dirt. She wrinkled her nose at the smell, a mix of salt water and decomposition. What the hell? The next tap of the hammer forced a puff of trapped air to burst forth onto her face a pressure release valve being twisted. Bree coughed, rubbed her eyes, and laughed. What's so funny? You okay? Michael commented, not turning from his microscope. Just a teeny-weeny dino fart, Bree chirped. She could taste it on her tongue now, that rotten scent. Questionable eggs and Chinese takeaway seaweed. She swilled water around her mouth and spat the rest on the floor whilst the wind picked up outside stirring the snow in a flurry of white. Nothing I haven't had to deal with before. Did I tell you about the time I was down in Morocco? We'd spent days digging up and finding the pieces of an Eoraptor Lunesis. Get out of here! An Eoraptor? Keelan said in admiration, emerging through the tent door and zipping it closed. Snow powdered every inch of his body. Snowy out there? Bree smirked. What gave you that idea? Keelan said, lowering his hood. You were saying? As Keelan sat beneath a large orange heat lamp, Bree continued. She told them of the Eoraptor specimen her old team had managed to piece together, and how they'd found several pockets of air trapped and sealed over from years of compression, dirt, and pressure. It wasn't uncommon to be hit with strange smells on the job. Like when a person dies and they're still full of gas? Keelan asked, shuffling a protein bar and a silver foil wrapping into his mouth. Or a whale dies, and the bacteria causes the gas to build up so large that they're at risk of exploding? You know way too much about animal stinks, Michael said. Should have met my ex. Exactly, Bree continued. Just like that. Only with dinos, they won't expand. She idly brushed away some dust around the hole the air had escaped from. Though it's not uncommon to find microscopic specimens lying dormant in the body. Worms, bugs, sometimes primitive viruses. Ah, like this one. Bree dug into her toolkit and gently used the teasers to ease out what appeared to be a small worm of sorts, 
She held it up to the light. Whoa, Michael exclaimed, suddenly taking interest. What's that? They studied the worm under the microscope, clamped between two sheets of glass. It was the length of a thumbnail, no wider than a blade of grass, though it was gray-green in color and covered in fine hairs which had grown brittle. The wind began to roar outside, the canvas of the tent straining against its pegs. The excitement came when they realized that there was no name for what they had found, no record anywhere. Keelan took to surfing the web on an old laptop, while Michael flicked through pages of books as thick as paving slabs. Bree studied the worm further, making notes and zooming in and out to try to capture every micrometer of its body, sketching and detailing. The Nautosaurus was a hell of a discovery, but if they could also prove they discovered a new organism, they'd be famous. Little did they know at the time that it wasn't the worm they should have concerned themselves with. Just an hour into their excitement came Bree's first sign that the virus had taken hold. A cough, a flutter of the heart. Another few hours before she would splutter onto the ring of her fist and see a dozen or so droplets of blood in her spit and saliva. And now, well, now Keelan coughed, feeling a wave of nausea and dizziness wash over him. He remembered how close he had been to Bree as she had studied the worm, faces next to each other, their breath coagulating and mixing together into a violent brew of disease. At the time, he'd had no idea. You're sick, Michael said flatly, devoid of emotion now. At one point, Keelan could never have imagined such a thing. Michael had been the motivator, the driving force. Now, he looked like nothing more than a crazed animal, something that Keelan had caught red-handed stealing foodstuffs from his bins. Michael's eyes flicked to the workstation just a few feet away, its surface littered with excavation tools, sharp points and blunt bashers. Easy now. Keelan took a step forward, hands up as though he were ready to be addressed by the cops, his words hollow. It's nothing, I swear. Let's just call for base, get help, and we'll all be fine. Fine? None of this is fucking fine. Michael raised the collar of his shirt and placed it over his mouth. A useless endeavor, really. He had kissed that bile-covered mouth that day. Even as Keelan had been rifling through his bag for the laptop, he was sure he'd heard them smooch. They were in it together now. Three paleontologists awash on a sea of acid and death without a paddle. No matter what happened next, there was no going back. Fine was hours ago, before the first sniffle. Fine was before her eyes rolled back and she threw up all over herself. Fine was before we found this fucking dinosaur and popped the cork to a prehistoric supernova virus that killed Bree. Michael lunged forward, his hands reaching for the tools. Keelan dived too, his body knocking full force into Michael's side, pushing them both towards the canvas wall. Keelan felt the hot pain of the corner of the work unit slash his side, the cold metal in violent contrast to the spilling of blood. Keelan was up first, his hands digging in his pockets for his cell phone. He tapped the screen and began dialing, his breath coming up in quick bursts. Hello, base? This is Keelan Hughes of the dig site Alpha Tango Romeo. Oh! His words cut short as Michael rose to his feet, grabbed the collar of Keelan's shirt, and headbutted him. A spray of gore burst from Keelan's nose, painting his superior's forehead. The phone fell to the floor. Never could follow orders, could you? Arrogant prick. 
Michael threw a hook, which Keelan somehow managed to dodge despite the blood now obscuring his vision. Please, Mike, don't. It doesn't have to be like this. Someone will come. Someone will help us. Michael paused, seemed to consider the words, or at least that's what Keelan thought he was doing until a horrible sound came out of Michael's mouth. A mixture of coughing and laughing that reminded Keelan of a petrol mower struggling to start. A choking mix of mirth. Michael passed the small pickaxe from one hand to the other, his eyes so wide now that Keelan could picture them both just popping forward from the sockets, one knocked to the back of the head and pop, pop. Keelan coughed, doubled over. Small sprays of red hit the floor. What help can we get now? Michael said at last. Let's do the math, shall we? We're four hours away from immediate help. Even if they bring a copter, that's two and a half. We've been exposed for nearly 12 hours, though not with the direct hit that Bree had. So let's say there's an hour delay. He paused, struggling to fight back the cough, blood decorating his lips. That means it's still an hour and a half after we're dead that they find our bodies. But we, we could still... Keelan's eyes moved back and forth, every possibility playing in his head, trying to come to an outcome that would spare their lives. No! Michael roared. Somewhere far off, they heard a wolf howl. He advanced, the pickaxe bouncing in his hand. He stopped just two feet away from Keelan, his face finally softening as he placed a hand on Keelan's shoulder. It's better this way. If we call for help, base will come. They will find our bodies. They will be at danger of exposure. But if we wait it out and die here like men. And here, Keelan grunted as Michael hooked the pickaxe behind him and stabbed him through his back. There was a wounded look in his report's eyes, a furrowing of the brows. Blood leaked from the corner of his mouth in a steady stream. Michael held his gaze, holding back tears as the light died in Keelan's eyes. He pulled out the axe, the final blow, and Keelan crumpled to the floor. At least the virus will have time to freeze and die before they get here. Michael took a seat beside Bree. He pulled her arm around his shoulder, the rigor mortis already taking hold of her body. There was an audible crack of skin and bone. He closed his eyes, snuggled into the crook of her neck and cried cried until the virus worked his body, taking everything that it needed to survive, cried until his face was a mess of bile and blood, cried until his breath faded and his tears froze. And all the while, the cell phone held the signal, six operators back at base listening to every word of the encounter, not fully realizing the severity of the situation as they sent two of their best men out to the helicopter men who would return with more than just the three bodies of their fallen comrades and the Nautosaurus. A perfectly preserved specimen of the finest prehistoric virus the world would ever see. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Perfectly preserved was written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes and muted by Amber Cube and Mayu and Tom Robson. A quick thank you to superstar and new patron Francis Harangozo 
Thanks so much for keeping the spirit alive, Francis. You too can become an absolute legend by heading over to patreon.com forward slash Cleaver and pledging from as little as one quid or a dollar. Hey, by the way, are you a fan of horror movies? Then why not listen to our other podcast, The Horror Hangout Podcast? It's a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and then talk about them. So far we've rated and talked about classics like Psycho and Cat People and a few newcomers like Let the Right One In and Drag Me to Hell. So if you're a horror fan and want to enjoy a little horror movie waffle, then go check that out. Please be warned though, it's a lot of fun, there's a lot of spoilers and there's a lot of swearing. So there's no children allowed for that one. So once again, a quick thank you to absolute legend Francis Harangoza for keeping the spirit alive and we'll talk to you soon. Until next time. 